Hello and welcome to the Monsters, Myths, and Mayhem podcast. Thank you all for joining in again. As always, I'm your host, Silver, and our other lovely host... Chaotic. ...is on her game today. Yeah, 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 that's right. Well, to kind of switch things up on her, uh, we'd like to... I'd like to give a thanks to our patrons first, uh, instead of waiting to the end of the episode. So, thank you to our patrons, Mondi, Mage, Loki, Nuggies, and Ruby. Let's get on with the show. Today's monster is the Suchinoko. The Suchinoko is also known as the Bachihibi. Hebe. The what? Bach, Bachihibi. Hebe hubi. Hebe hubi Off the top of your head, chaotic. I know you got the notes, but have you heard of the Suchinoko? I have not. Maybe if I give you something that it's based off, based on, not it, not that it's based on, but something that's based on it, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you might kind of recognize it. Okay, so something that's kind of based on it a little bit is my favorite Pokemon, Dunsparce. How does it, is it like exactly Dunsparce or how does it translate? Pokemon, like anything, threw their own kind of spin onto Dunsparce. So Dunsparce is yellow, big round head, little pointy tail. But the Suchinoko, it is pretty much... It's either jet black or dusty brown, like a snake in color. It's got a, like more of a triangular-shaped head and a real stubby tail. Its body is really girthy. Okay. They say it's similar to, like, if a snake just eats a really big meal, how its stomach is all expanded out with the animal inside of it. I'm not sure how familiar you are with snake anatomy. Uh, fairly. So it's pretty much just a really short, stubby snake, about 12 to 31 inches in length, or 30 to 80 centimeters for our metric listeners. They say it also has fangs similar to a viper's. Fangs similar to a viper's? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was beautiful representation. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, my little finger fangs as a visual context on this audio platform. To kind of summarize on how it looks, it's just snake, snake colored, brown and black. 90% body, 5% head, 5% tail. Okay. Really, really short, girthy, viper fangs. That's pretty much what it looks like. Oh, and another thing. It has eyelids. Ew, I don't like that. Like uh, people eyelids, which if you know snakes, snakes don't have eyelids, I don't think, if I remember right. No, they do not. <clears throat> they do like the weird uh, film thing. So the Suchinoko is also, since we know what it looks like now, it's a mythical creature. But it is also a uh, cryptid, and there is this other new term that I learned. It's called a UMA, 
Have you heard of this term before? This acronym? I have not. A UMA stands for Unidentified Mysterious Animal. Interesting. The Sunichinoko could also be a yokai, because the Sunichinoko is a Japanese creature. Ooh, interesting. You can find the Sunichinoko in fields, in the mountainous regions of Western Japan, and Northern Japan is where they call it the Bachihibi heavy. The Sunichinoko also is referenced in the Kojiki which is the oldest book about the history of Japan. I tried to find the Kojiki in order to get its reference out of it, but I was unsuccessful. If you're looking to feed local Sushinokos in your area, it feeds on insects, frogs, mice. It is also very fond of sake. There is also... Reports of larger ones eating cats and dogs, and they say that it is attracted to places that smell like miso, dry squid, and or burning hair. Ew. I'm sure everybody smelt burning hair at least once in their lifetime. It is not very pleasant. So the Sushinoko is most active during the day. Usually from spring to fall and throughout winter, they hibernate as well back in their nests in the mountains or in holes along wooded riverbanks. Now, if you're hiking through the woods of Japan and you're looking for the Suchinoko Chaotic. Yes. What sound do you think they would make in order to note for you to notice them? They seem like cicada sounds. So a snake making an insect sound. Yeah, like they just give me cicada feels or like rattler feels. Like it just, it just the shaky, shaky boy syndrome is where the vibes I'm getting. Well, you'd be surprised because they can mimic human voices or they make a sounds that say similar to chi, chi, chi. I hate all of that. I hate it. I don't like it. Which I believe chi is kind of the sound that mice make as well. Since I kind of mentioned that they uh, can mimic human voices. Would you also like to know how they would be able to chase after you or run away from you? How their movement is? Because it's a little different than normal snakes. Yeah, I guess. Might as well give me some nightmare fuel. That'd be great. So imagine this little one-foot snake just kind of hobbling up to you, except it doesn't slither like a snake. Its first mode of transportation movement is it inches like an inchworm. Please, what? (laughs) With its girthy, chubby body. It just kind of inches like an inchworm. I can imagine it. It's not a great picture, but I can imagine it. (laughs) That's its most common thing. Uh, it's another way it could, its movement is, is it is said to roll sideways like a log rolling down a hill. I, I, you know, I think that's even more terrifying than the inching, to be honest. (laughs) Burr rolling towards you? Yeah, because I mean, number one, I just feel like the inching was a little less speedy and barrel rolling towards me is just going to be like uh, terrifying, especially if it's downhill. 
Well, if you don't like it rolling that way, you'll really hate it. How it, uh, it also bites its tail and rolls in a circle. Oh my God, please, <laughs> no. It makes itself into like a hoop and rolls, <laughs> which I don't know how it'd be able to. It must be really flexible in order to do this because it's 90% body. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I mean, it. I can't. I, I don't think it's struggling to bite its own tail. I'm going to be honest. As it's rolling down the hill, it'll it can it'll it and it jumps towards you, and just as it's about ready to fall short of being able to bite you in the face, it can make a second jump in the air. Ew! I don't like any of it. I'm not a fan. This isn't like this, a number one thing on my list kind of thing. <laughs> the Tsuchinoko can double jump. It has the ability all of us want. Oh, and it jumps three point three feet in distance, which it can then jump again. So it can definitely catch a probably a six foot six person in the face with its venom because they are venomous, but it usually doesn't attack people, which is a good not thing. Not standard, not standard to attack people. It's not a normalcy. Not usually. Usually, it has a proficiency for uh, just talking to people inside a bush. So it hides in the bush and starts talking to them. And in order to, and whatever it says, it is like 99% positive lying. We love that. So it's just a whole ass lying snake. <laughs> yep. And it'll try and lie to people to steal their sake. Not the sake. <laughs> they would go wild in some hibachis nowadays. Oh, yeah. Just be sake in and out. Especially because they'd probably have miso in there and dried squid, some of its favorite stuff. Oh, yeah. It would just go ham. I mean, it could also accidentally catch people's hair on fire as well. So that'd be Oh, my thing. God. What the fuck? Is, Random isn't combustion. The hibachi, isn't the hibachi uh, the open fire grill? Uh, it's not open fire, but yeah, it's in front of you. They usually only light it on fire when they do the onion volcano and they're like, phew. Yeah. I, I have never been to one, so. You've never. Why do you tell me this stuff? How long have we known each other now? Uh, like eleven years, like twelve years. Yeah, something and like that. And you've never no, been to Hobachi. Been nope. Wow. You never ask. But, uh, sir, I've never been to Hobachi. Should have been like one of the first conversational pieces out of your mouth. Okay, that's just straight maybe, up. Maybe, maybe it was twelve years ago. It wasn't, because you didn't even speak to me for like the first <laughs> six months. I tried. Yes, our exchanges were, how's your art looking? Oh, that's cool. Okay, thanks. That's what our, that's what our conversation run away. was. I didn't run anywhere. I sat at your table. <laughs> wow. Ran to the next class. <laughs> I did book it to classes. I will give you that. I was zooming. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all for, it's kind of information if you've got a clear picture of it. Oh, I just found this in my notes. When they are sleeping, they snore. <laughs> wow, that's beautiful. On with some sightings, I guess. So this site, all the sightings were in Japan, where it, which is where this creature is located at. In June of 1994, a man named... Kazuke Noda and his wife reported having come across a huge snake 
with a thick body like a beer bottle and a head described like being like a tortoise's. That was one sighting. May 8th, 2000, a farmer named Sugai Tanaka reported having to come across two metallic colored snakes with tails like rats. In the same year, in June, a woman named Mitsuko Arma reported as Tsuchinoko swimming along a river. She described her experience as follows. I was surprised. I just pointed at it and asked, who are you? Who are you? It didn't answer me, but it just stared. I had, it had a round face and didn't take its eyes off me. I can still see the eyes. Now, they were big and round, and it looked like they were floating on the water. I've lived over 80 years, but I'd never seen anything like that in my life. Then a farmer, I believe during the same year, spotted the Tsuchinoko while cutting grass. He described it as having a face similar to that of Doraemon, which is like the Japanese blue cat cartoon, if you've ever seen him. Yes. He reported to have injured it with his weed whacker before the creature made its escape. Made its escape. A few days later, an old woman discovered its dead body laying by the side of the stream and buried it, not realizing how important it was. When word eventually got out, the local government sent out a team to dig it up and sent it to local university for examination. The professor who examined the creature said, it may be a Tsuchinoko, but scientifically speaking, it was a kind of snake. This, the, you know what? Every every bit of information you read off to me so far today is just glorious. Like, unmatched, top-tier information. It's fantastic. And some of the fun thing I kind of came across when doing my research about these sightings and stuff, everybody that had a sighting recently uh, that from the, like the 70s up that spotted the Tsuchinoko were well above, were 70 or above in age. I thought you were going to look me in the eye and tell me that they were high. The way you set up your sentence, you were like, all of them were well, and I thought you were going to be like into drugs. <laughs> I was like, you know, the it doesn't, it doesn't, it makes sense. I get it. It's not out of place. They also had, like the Tarask, they have a festival for the Suchinoko. I believe it, the festival was called the Suchinoko Sambra. That is quite a name. It is, it's kind of a festival where everybody comes together. I believe it's in spring. And uh, they all go out on a big Suchinoko hunt. There's even some, I believe there are provinces in Japan that offer rewards for finding the Suchinoko. What kind of rewards? Like, like the, cash reward? Yeah, like the government of Yoshi in Yoki, Yokoyama uh, is offering a 20 million yen award, reward for catching a Tsuchinoko dead or alive, which roughly comes out to about 200,000 US dollars. God dang. And there's a couple other places that are offering like $20,000 US wise rewards for catching one. That's a lot of money. It is. It is a lot of money. Would you participate in a Tsuchinoko hunt? I feel like I want to say yes, but the second one started fucking biting its tail and rolling at me, I'd be out. I'd dip. I'd deuces. <laughs> See y'all later. You're dead. You wouldn't want to, you know, try and like stick a hoop through it and, or a stick through it and like hoop <laughs> stick, stick hoop. It. Just stick hoop. Just 
just stick hoop, hoop it. stick hoop stick if you uh have you ever watched a million ways to die in the west yes i believe we watched it at your place i believe so when when the kids walking by with the hoop and stick and he's like man i heard that hoop sticks ruining kids uh kids brains nowadays like it's video games that's all i could imagine <laughs> yeah. that uh Suchinoko stick is uh yeah 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 ruining people's lives with venom poison with venom just spitting venom at them they're jumping 10 feet in the air and they're just coming up out of nowhere there's a couple possibilities of kind of debunking the Suchinoko. the most common thing that people think of is that the Suchinoko is just some sort of unidentified snake or mutated snake another thing is that they could be a blue-tongued skink which is a type of lizard with a blue tongue that was very popular in the pet trade in Japan around the time that the Suchinoko started to get popular. So like around here, if somebody doesn't want a pet, they do and they do the bad thing that you're not supposed to do and release their animal into the wild and it's not native. Other people would start to see it and be like, what is that? It's like when the tigers and lions got out here in the States that one day and people were seeing them in Ohio. It would be Ohio. That's all I got to say about that. That's all I was waiting for my child to just yeet out of here for so I could say it would be Ohio. <laughs> Ohio's lost a couple tigers and big cats. Not you just know. one time. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing that I seen that I don't quite agree with was that some sort of slug. Ew. I mean, I guess if they were inching, if they chose the inching, I could see how the slug comes across. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't. They don't leave behind like excrement or anything, do they? I imagine they poop somewhere, but I don't think it's when they move. Right, it's not as they're they're moving. No, it says, yeah, it doesn't excrete slime. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but Japan really loves the Suchinoko, and it shows in a lot of its media, kind of like we described earlier. It is in Pokemon as Dunsparce. Uh, you can also find it in Metal Gear Solid as a food source. Castlevania has it as a creature. It's in Space Dandy. Okay. In Monster Hunter World, it's in there as well as an update. So you can get a Suchinoko as a pet. Kimono Friends, the anime, which I believe is the one where they're in a desert and everybody's animals. It's it's good. I just don't remember the name of it really well. I think that's it. Yes, it is. Yeah, Kimono Friends which is a good anime, which has like anthropomorphized animals in the, like an ocelot and stuff, but a Tsuchinoko appears in there. I think ocelot's the main character in that one, but I do recommend it. I've watched it. I've, I know most of those medias, but there was a couple I need to write down and check out. Uh, then it is also a Yu-Gi-Oh card. What is the Yu-Gi-Oh card? Okay. So the Yu-Gi-Oh card belongs to a archetype called the Danger Group, and it's called Danger Sushinoko. That's just what the card is called. I'll have to check that out. I don't think I've ever... I mean, I've not been looking for it, obviously, but I used to have Yu-Gi-Oh cards all the time. The Danger uh, category is all like cryptids and stuff because they got like a Nessie and uh, Galgo. This is the most... The Yu-Gi-Oh card is pretty close accurate wise to some of the older images that I've seen surprisingly except for color wise 
Oh my god, look at it. I would try and boop it. I would try and boop it. 10 out of 10. See, it's a cute little creature. Oh no, you just boop, but I see the slug. I see the slug rep. I see it. Yeah, I mean, maybe. It's the chonk. Yeah. He, it's he's, the chonk. he's very chonky. It's the chonk. I see the slug. But I definitely see more snake than anything else. But I could see the slug-esque body shape. Okay, here's another artist's description of one. Oh my god, I don't like that one. Wouldn't boop that one. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would not boop that one. Absolutely not. Nope. Mm -mm. The longer I look at it, the scarier it gets. I'm good. Well, with this guy here, it's just... Uh, we'll post these in the Discord. <laughs> no, 10 out of 10 would not boop that thing either. That thing I looks like... One. That one definitely looks like a slug. That one's definitely a slug. But he's so That's chunky. a slug snake. That's not even a danger noodle. That's a danger... That's like a danger macaroni. But you can't even say danger noodle because it's not the length of... It's not the length of like a spaghetti noodle. It's a piece of macaroni looking like it's going to hurt you. <laughs> oh, the Suchinoko also became a meme. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, in the media, it, it became a big meme because it was... It, Gained popularity through Tumblr, which I know you were on Tumblr back in the day, right? Yes. It was, uh, but it's, the meme is just Suchinoko Real. I believe it came into popularity once it has like Suchinoko Real. It had like three house cats uh, surrounding the Suchinoko. Then just kind of exploded into like a Suchinoko Meal, Suchinoko Teal, Suchinoko Steel, <laughs> Suchinoko Heels. That's very cute. I like that a lot. Uh, see, I would I would boop those guys too. I'd boop them. I have sent you the original meme. Okay. I mean, cats usually react like that to cucumbers, and I mean, he kind of does look cucumberish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but just kind of sprouted off a whole session of memes from it. Anyways, getting back on target, or back on top. Well, I guess if we are real on and valid. Look at his little weenies. <laughs> look at him. I think the wings on Dunsparce comes from the fact that he can double jump. Yeah, they were like, just full send that shit. Just full send yeah. it. Give him all the, the height. Uh, would you like to move on to Mayhem? Yeah, full send. Let's go. Would you like to start with the Suchinoko Mayhem? I feel like I always start with the Mayhem, but I am down for that because the Mayhem is what I'm here for, Okay. I feel like if these guys were real, they would be treated, treated no different than flying snakes. Prove me wrong. But they're so chunky. I think a lot of people would want to try and catch if if they were like a normal snake species. Where they're easy to find, easier to find. I think a lot of people would want to keep them as pets. Boop the stoot, like you were saying. I feel like, yeah, I feel like you're right. I feel like we would, in some form, attempt to domesticate the thing. Boop the snoot doing the things but you know like everybody's always like i feel like in a sense that maybe they weren't super common and maybe more like dedicated to a couple places because of the environment or whatever that they need to live in they'd be treated like the flying snakes nobody thinks they're real until you see a snake flying at you that is true do you know how snakes fly yeah they jump down from the trees and then uh, they slither down at you and like catch air well, 
when they slither down at you, they expand their rib cage out. Yeah, it's super gross. It's uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, and those chunky. Imagine those chunky boys just barrel rolling at you, springing up in the air, and then landing on your head. Like, what's up, dude? Oh yeah, that that comes to another question: Can we domesticate them if they are a talking species? Or do they cons are they considered? How would we consider that? Well, that scale, I mean, right? we domesticate parrots. We domesticate uh, not not macaws. Is that is it macaws the other ones that talk to you? Uh, Lyry birds do, but they can yeah. make like chainsaw noises and stuff like that. Yeah, but there there's this mimicry though. They're not actually thinking to talk. Well, some of them are. Some of them they learn the words, but then they realize that the words mean commands or get them the things they need or whatever. So it okay. does become a form of communication. However, like you said, these things are already communicative. So they're not learning from us. They're just taking it and running with it. Yeah. I feel like I feel like in the same sense that like if dogs did ever talk, we would still domesticate dogs. I feel like there would still be people out there definitely trying to domesticate these little guys. I guess we we'd probably have to test their intelligence levels probably some way. Yeah, like like figure out I'm... how intelligent because what if they they're going to turn around and domesticate us? We become the pets. <laughs> yeah. But they always lie, too. I'm not sure if that's a if they always lie out of habit or if they lie because it's some maybe they're like from Bizarro world, like Bizarro, how he always says the opposite. Maybe they just can't physically uh, tell a truth. Or maybe they're just harbingers of mischief. That very well could be, too. They'll say, say anything to get your sake. You're right, and I feel like we could domesticate them with Saki. Mm -hmm. Keep a steady, keep a steady, steady flow of it in the house. You'd be fine. I mean, the only thing that we probably couldn't—I uh, mean, we probably could—but no one would like it. Their favorite thing—a burning hair smell. We could make yeah, like burnt hair candles. I'm, yeah, burnt hair candles, or like, like just every time you go to get your hair cut, just ask for the remnants or whatever, and just burn it every so often for them, like an incense. I'm sure it doesn't have to be. It doesn't say nothing about having it, it having to be human hair. Oh, so you could like shave your dog or like brush your dog and then use like the dog yeah. hair or something. Like that's my, an interesting thought. Like uh, Mondi's dog Pyro. As soon as you brush him, you get like six pounds of fur. We've been trying. You get like an extra Pyro. <laughs> yeah. He's a fluffy, chunky puppy. Poopy. The other thing, if you got him in his little home with his little miso cup, a cup of miso and a cup of sake, and he's just sitting there yelling at you, I'm not sure how much they would talk, though. I don't know. Maybe it's just like standard conversation. Like whenever they're bored, you just hear them from wherever they're at. Just be like, hey, hey, hey. If you got him in the same room as you at night and they're loud snoring going off, you'd probably have to keep him in a different room or have your own bedroom. Yeah, that's true. I feel like overall these guys aren't a threat. <laughs> no, but not they're, at all. They're definitely probably more of an annoyance. Yeah, they're one of the few creatures that I would say that no one would really care. They just kind of let them keep living like most snakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you're terrified of snakes. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, no matter what, there's always a human out there trying to kill some type of animal. There's poachers and stuff that kill things they shouldn't be killing. 
Um, but like like you said, I feel like for the most part, they'd be pretty unbothered. You can find one in your yard, yeet it into the neighbor's yard across the fence so it annoys them instead. We can try and teach it the triple jump. Imagine. Jump one is us chucking it. Jump, and it jumps again, and then jumps again to make a soft landing. I wonder if these things would ever take fall damage then. If they would just jump in the middle of the air and just keep it from taking that damage. It's like the Mario mushrooms. Like, they get one bounce off of our head, and then they can double jump from there. They just bounce, bounce, bounce. Yep. Because they can be injured. A guy beat it up with a weed whacker. Yeah. I feel like they're pretty low on the mayhem scale. They're definitely higher on, like, the chaos of just being mischief, period. But not, not like, mayhem bad or anything. Mayhem bad. Mayhem bad. <laughs> He's a snake. The barrels. In double jumps. Or, yeah, in double jumps. Or inches. I hate that still. Don't like it. <laughs> and we kind of already did our patron shoutouts and everything at the beginning of this episode. And I have an outro for us. Wait, what? Yeah. You mean we don't have to summon the Knuckle of Eve again? Knuckle of Eve again? Yeah. Knuckle of Eve? Yeah, that's, that's of it right there. <laughs> it's better than necrophy. <laughs> Fucking Jesus. Do you have any announcements? I have zero fun announcements right now. Um still streaming like Sunday. To... What? Would you like to announce the results of your tournament? Oh. God. It's been a hot minute. It's been a hot minute since tournament. Um it really, really went well. Um we raised money for the trans women of color collective. We ended up raising over 2.5k for the uh, for the charity entirely, which is amazing. Um, so because of that, Anna and I have a lot of redeems to do. <laughs> Anna and I have a lot of redeems and stuff to do. So if you want to see any really cool stream things coming up, be be hanging out for the next uh, month or so. We got a lot of fun stuff coming up. You heard her, folks. Yeah. Seems like quite a bit. Yeah, it was, uh, we, 22.5K was our stretch goal, and we went over that, so I was very, very pleased. It was very, very cool to do, and a really fun experience. That is very great. All right, are we ready for the, uh, the new outro? Yes. Okay, okay. <clears throat> Let me, it's been a minute since I've had to speak. It's gonna be stretch. really bad. It's gonna be, it's gonna be really bad. <sighs> And that's the outro, folks. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Monsters, Myths, and Mayhem podcast. Silver and Chaotic take you into the depth of the lore and discuss how these legends could affect modern-day society. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or almost any podcast service easiest to you. Dive into the depths of chaos with us every Wednesday, bar Silver and Chaotic not missing their scheduling, and consider joining the podcast Discord or Twitter following for more insider looks and even some D&D sessions. If you'd like some extra special inside looks or even want to be a guest on the show, consider helping us via Patreon. Your help makes such a big difference to us both. Until next time, Mythics, you never know what kind of mayhem we might get into. I like that one. Yeah! I, yeah. Did, that, I did that in the first five minutes of us recording. I wrote that you wrote in the that? first five minutes of us recording. Today's recording? Yeah! <laughs> yeah, like within five <laughs> minutes, I was like, boom, 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 let's go.